You louder than me. Oh, yeah. It's so funny when I'm editing, and I'm like, oh, that's where I'm going to start talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it gets much bigger over here. Uh Huh, how can you tell, Jared? (laughs) Although there is sometimes where you pop off, too. I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. It's true, yeah. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that throws you out of challenges by tossing your hat. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, where'd your hat go? I, I, I've only owned like one hat for the past like 10 years. What? Really? I have good hair. I don't like wearing a hat. That's fair. You do have, you got a, a good luscious look going on Thank here. You. And this is the shortest it's been in a, for like most of my life. What's the longest you've gotten your hair to? Uh, between the shoulder blades. Damn. Actually, when we were working together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of just let it grow out for a couple months before that. Because I was like, ah, why not? I'm playing an evil pirate captain. Let's just let my hair grow as long as I want. Yeah, it seems like the time to do it. Steven, do you have anything you want to tell the podcast before I go on a rant? No, I feel like this is something that I <laughs> just get out of the way of. So yeah. Go on. Steven doesn't know what I'm about to talk about. Uh, I intentionally said, like, yeah, I have something to tell you, but I can't until the mic is on. All right. This is just a story. And it's from work. Okay. Now, for context, I am, I work as a freight broker. You don't know what that means. Everyone listening, you don't know what that means. Basically, I arrange customers and trucks. And I'm on the customer side of things. And there are other employees on the truck side of things. And we we are a middleman, basically. So you're the worst of American capitalism. You're the middleman. Kind of. (laughs) The thing about logistics is it's incredibly complicated. So a middleman is actually helpful. Sure. Because... It's a massive pain in the ass that people just don't want to deal with. So they're willing to pay like 10% more to have somebody else deal with it. It'd be like saying an accountant is a middleman. Like, yeah, they are. But like, it's not really something you want to do on your own, you know? Uh, That that was my thing. I was doing my taxes when Jared came in and he called me a dad for it. That's because you're a dad. (laughs) So I'm going to change locations. It's something I am allowed to say, but I'd rather just change locations just in case. Sure. So I had a customer who's shipping... I'm just going to call it some uh, automotive parts, just keep it ambiguous. They were shipping from, let's say, Oklahoma to Idaho. Changing that slightly. Got it. It was drugs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was drugs. And it was picking up last week, supposed to deliver on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time that carriers miss their appointments, they're late. It happens, especially when going up. You know, last week there was a lot of bad weather in in the northern part of the Plains states. Makes total sense. But the carrier representative that works on the, the carrier side of the company came to me and was like, hey, I think this has been double brokered. Now, what that means is <laughs> somebody else put themselves in the middle. So a carrier that couldn't move it themselves said they could and then sold it to somebody else that could, which is breaking their contract. It's a, it's a big problem. Sure. And I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be a mess, but whatever, we'll figure it out. I'm not getting into all the details because it would we'd be here for a long time because this took up six hours of my day today. <laughs> I, I said I was supposed to go to Idaho. It ended up in southern Arizona. Oh shit! <laughs> not by accident. What? It was not double brokered. No, no, no. It was triple brokered. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> okay, tell me how this happened. Essentially. I'm not going to go through all the ways that we discovered this. Like I said, it's a very long story. This is the truncated version. We hired Carrier A. Carrier A claims that their MC number, which is basically their trucker social security number, like their license number, was used with us without their knowledge or consent. That does not seem to be true, but it could be, allegedly. Carrier A, whether it was actually them or somebody impersonating them, tried to broker this load out to Carrier B. Carrier B is a real logistics company, but when I saw the emails that were going between Carrier A and Carrier B that were sent over to us, the real logistics company, their email was spelled wrong. Logistics had an L where the I should be at the end of the word, and a lowercase L to make it look like they got caught in a phishing scam. Sure. So that means Carrier B hired Carrier C... To actually drive the material. Carrier C is a legitimate trucking company that we're told this is a blind shipment. 
which means, hey, yeah, your paperwork's going to say that it's going to Idaho. It's actually going to Arizona, but the customer doesn't want them to know who the vendor is. That is legitimate. That happens sometimes. It, usually when customers like, I don't want my customer to know where this is going. Fine. So that's how it was sold to Carrier C. So Carrier C drives it to Southern Arizona, where they're located, and gets told, hey, uh, yeah, we're just going to come pick up the trailer, which usually the trailer would just get unloaded at the receiver. Yeah. Drop trailers are a thing, but they're uncommon and have to be set up in advance. So the carrier's like, oh, we don't do that. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll just bring a, a cab in to grab it. And then somebody at the at Carrier C, who's a legitimate carrier that works with us often, realizes, wait a minute, this is a C.H. Robinson company I work for, bill of lading. This is not a blind bill of lading. This was set up through them. So they contact our fraud department. What I have surmised happened is that two separate people were running scams. And because they were both running scams, they got caught. So Carrier C is the good guy. They, they didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. They were sold a load. They, they did what they were hired to do, and they're going to help us out. Great. Carrier A was, I, I think, was a singular person. Like a, He's an owner-operator LLC. He owns one truck. He was probably using our system, and when he couldn't move loads, he was probably selling them to somebody else to make a few extra hundred bucks a month. It happens. It will get you in trouble. It could get you sued, but people do it. Okay. He sold it to what he thought was a legitimate logistics company that was somebody trying to steal the freight. (laughs) But because they hired a carrier that already knew us, it came back to us. All that's coming in my brain is the Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other. Correct. (laughs) What our fraud department thinks is they, they were trying to get the load to Mexico so they could start selling the stuff out the back of the truck. Oh, of course. Fucking brilliant. That's amazing. Literally two scammers allegedly got each other <laughs> caught. Wow. And like, it's not like the scam- carrier B was a scammer that was just doing it from a distance. The dude showed up twice to carrier C's yard and was like, give me it. Give me the truck. <laughs> give me the truck. Give me it. Holy shit. Yeah. So my boring office job became a heist movie today. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's what I want to see. I just trained somebody today. That's not as exciting. I unloaded 300 boxes of files. That's not exciting. And, yeah, I mean, hey, if they're exciting files, it could be. They're not exciting. No, well, that's unfortunate. Some, I'm sure some of them are. One of them was just, like, old photos. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and this Carrier C catching it and telling us saved what would have been probably a $100,000 bill Ooh. becoming like a $3,000 one just to get it to you Idaho get, where it needed it to back. go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. What fun. You know what else is fun? <laughs> Emails. <laughs> cyberpunk dystopias where people yeah. are trying to steal shit. Have I told the story about how I won a cyberpunk Xbox on the podcast? I don't know. You've told me, but I don't know if you told the podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to like quick run through it because... We've already wasted enough time. I won a podcast that I listened to, the Unranked Podcast, which both Dan and Chris, guests on the show, are a part of. They were raffling off a cyberpunk special edition Xbox, and at the time, that was like, hey, this is top of the line. We know the new Xbox is coming out, but this is it. And... I, I won it. I paid 20 bucks to get in a raffle once, and I won it when people were spending way more. So I feel a little bad about that. But I got it. It came out before Cyberpunk came out. So I got a code saying, yeah, here use this code when the game comes out. And then the game came out, and I couldn't play it because it's so bad. It would not run on the system that it is special edition for. Wow. I have clips of me trying to play it where Keanu Reeves just kind of like bends in on himself. And this is all a pre-rendered cutscene. That's bad. (laughs) Just horrible, (laughs) horrible things. I've heard they fixed the game now and I should go back and like actually try. But oof, not a good start. Anyway, emails. (laughs) If you want to email us, do it. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Twitter at SurvivorTBT or Reddit u slash SurvivorTBT. People are finding our stuff. We're getting more responses on Twitter. We're getting people liking our memes. 
Remember to rate and review and tell your friends. We haven't said that, like, at all this season. That's true. We have not done that. Rate the podcast. Give us five stars. Make us look good. Get more people in on this shit. (laughs) Anyway, emails. We have Carl emails. Carl, not much for episode 11. Just a couple things to note. With around 11 or 12 days left, everyone starts talking about how hard the game has become. This is more or less consistent with a lot of contestants post-show interviews Mm. many people say that around day 25 or so the game really hits a wall and you start feeling the mental effects way more we felt about the same spot in every season that makes sense yeah other than i want to say a couple seasons other than australia where i feel like it hits earlier yeah australia was day two and they're like oh oh no this is one of the reasons why 26 days is not enough in my opinion agreed you're cutting out the most difficult part of the game when decisions get harder because of mental strain. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think 39 is a good spot. I agree. I think 39, I like 36 because I feel like it moves the game a little faster toward the end where you're not just wasting time, like waiting three days for yeah. a vote when you don't have to. I think you could do, I don't know what the math comes out to, but three days up until the merge and then two days and this is between every vote. Sure. Uh, two days post-merge. I'm not going to do that math. Yeah. <laughs> That's like saying, anybody want a piece of this doo-doo? Sean Unnui's faux pas. I love him. He's so good. And this episode, when the Sean vote dropped, my heart sank. I was like, <laughs> no. <gasps> no. No. And it wasn't. Uh. <laughs> I genuinely don't know if I agree that Sean and V made a mistake or not. I get that it sounds like a guaranteed... Final four with Rob and Tammy, but after losing Nalia, they could easily flip back to Kathy and Pascal. Yeah, and actually, I I might agree after this episode, Rob does not seem to think highly of Sean, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I I don't know if I would want to trust Rob if I was Sean. (laughs) And in a separate email, just had to get this one in there, forgot to mention that Nalia saying, oh my heck, like literally eight times, first of all, Annoying. Second, she says it so many times. Maybe it was intentional to make people think, oh, I'm so cutesy. I mean, I think Jared's right that she's mostly just unaware, but I don't know. It seems a little put on. But then again, she's Mormon. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, oh my heck is very Mormon. (laughs) And from Tyler. Tyler coming in with the, the Tammy information tammy was nominated for 19 rocky mountain emmys and won six of them wow she is also an accomplished athlete and a member of power bar team elite she finished Mm. first in her division at the 2007 subarus women's triathlon in san diego second to fellow castmate gina in the celebrity division of the 2006 Malibu Triathlon, Nautica Malibu. We gotta gotta get that sponsorship in there. Mm-hmm. Third in her division at the 2008 Las Palomas. I don't know how to say that that name. I'm gonna go with Las Palomas Triathlon. I'm not from the West Coast. I don't know things. And fourth in her division at the 2007 Santa Barbara Triathlon. That one I do know. <laughs> it's, what is this word? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. In 2015, in addition to the Peabody Award she won, she also won an Edward R. Murrow for the documentary Toxic Secrets. Hmm. Good for her. Good stuff. Thank you for all the supplemental information. That's good stuff. That's all the emails. Shall we? Yes. Alrighty. Wait, how do you pronounce this word? It's... Bumpier. This episode came out on May 9th of 2002. Um, Only really two things of note uh, happened in the week between episodes. A third that I'll talk about at the end. Okay. The first one is the internet's favorite entrepreneur, Elon Musk, founds SpaceX. In 2000? Really? 2002? Mm -hmm. Yep. May 9th, or in the week preceding May 9th of 2002. Shocking. I know. With With all his blood money. Yeah, with all the blood diamond money. Yep. And then a China Northern Airlines flight plunges into the Yellow Sea, killing 112 people. Oh shit. So I don't know if that I don't know if that was notable, but I, I mentioned another plane crash that I didn't know about earlier okay. this season. It, it, it seems like September of 2001 to May of 2002 was a bad time to fly. 
is uh, what I'm gathering. Yeah. The same song was top of the char- uh, charts from Ashanti, but a very important movie came out. Go on. Starting from five, Life or Something Like It, Murder by Numbers, Changing Lanes, The Scorpion King, Spider-Man. Ooh, this the is the week Spider-Man. Spider- yep, the the first Spider-Man with uh, that tracks with Andrew. Nope, with Tobey Maguire. Andrew, I was said Andrew McGuire. <laughs> Andrew McGuire. And... Okay, Steven. Yeah? Which one's the best Spider-Man of the three? Oh, okay, hold on. Which Spider-Man? Which is the, the character no, Spider-Man? No, the full... Which the, trilogy? No, no, sorry, the character. Yeah, the character, but not, like, both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Sure. Like, which, who's the best at being Peter Parker Spider-Man? I... I feel like this is me taking a safe answer, but Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I kind of agree. In that Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man. Yes. Tobey Maguire is the best, er, is the better Peter Parker. Yeah, I think I like Holland's Peter Parker better than Holland Toby's. encapsulates all three of them the best. I agree. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. It's... I feel like it's a pretty safe answer for the nerd kingdom here. It's the right one. It is the right one. <laughs> but I get it. If people want to go to bat for Tobey Maguire, I get it. I grew up with Tobey Maguire, and I can take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, Tom Holland hasn't had a bad movie. It's true. He's very talented. Arguably, Spider-Man 3 is the worst of... Well, that's not true. Andrew Garfield, the second one, wasn't. Never movie. even saw the second one. Okay. That that says a what, lot. It tells you what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Speaking of plane crashes, my TikTok algorithm is showing me two things right now. And it's one, sovereign citizens trying to get away <laughs> with shit, which is weird. I just find it interesting. It's an interesting subculture. But it's putting me into like watching police stops on TikTok and I don't like that. It's just sovereign citizen stuff is just rednecks that don't like nature <laughs> they're people who don't understand how laws work yeah no i, I said that already <laughs> they're like i don't need to provide you an id i don't need a license to drive this vehicle in this state yes you do no i don't you need to check your laws like i i you need a license <laughs> no you need to check the laws what? That shit drives me nuts, but I can't look away. Second one, clips from Sully. The movie Sully. I don't know the movie. You know the movie? Mm-mm. Oh, it's the story of the guy who lands a plane in the Hudson River oh. because both of his engines go out. I've been getting a lot of clips of that the last like month, too. It's It seems very good. It's a very good movie because they like try to drag him through the mud. And yeah. the big climactic scene is him being like, you didn't take in human error. All your simulations and everything, people react right away. Like, we didn't know that we were going to hit birds. We didn't know we were going to lose both our engines. We just did. And then we had to go through the all of the things that we had to do. And then I had to make a decision that we weren't going to make it back. And he's right. Some of those biopics, I feel like they're, they're done a disservice by putting in such well-known actors. Mm. Like, if the movie's trying to make you think for a minute that, like... Something that Tom Hanks could be the bad guy? <laughs> Come on. Or, could, like, that he's actually going to face, like, consequences? Sure. Come on. I feel like in that one, though, you could just quick Google, Yeah. Did Sully go to jail? <laughs> Hopefully you're not Googling that during the movie, or it's a bad movie. Yeah, hang on. Hold on. Let me just, uh, did Sully go <laughs> to jail? Nope. Okay, we're good. I know the ending of this movie. <laughs> Uh, We're on such long tangents today. Anyway, the Marcasian vacation. That's a good episode title. Okay, this episode is the most survivor episode that we have had thus far. Okay, tell me more. It's not the best episode. I like it. From start to end, although I think the vote could have been a bit of a mistake for a couple people. Uh, I guess in, in hindsight, though... A vote is always a mistake for at least a couple of people. Correct. <laughs> if you're not winning, then every vote is a mistake for you. Like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it depends on where you're at in the tribe and sure. your power and all sure, that. Sure, sure. But sometimes living another day is, is, is the best the best that can happen to you. It's just nines across the board. Like, the opening cinema, cinematography is awesome. 
this like black and white cinematography. The reward challenge is good. The there's great gamesmanship and using of like an outside element to like benefit yourself from Kathy. Like in the middle part, mm -hmm. the immunity challenge is tense and not a perfectly designed, but is entertaining to watch. And then we get everyone's pers or at least most people's perspective on the game and each other. And it just, I'm like, oh yeah, this is Survivor. <laughs> I, you bring up an interesting point because I was going to pose this question later on in the episode, but I'm going to do it now because you brought it up. What is, for a full episode of Survivor, what is the perfect amount of contestants left in the game for a full content episode? What do you mean by full content episode? So, you know how toward the end when we're like, oh, there's only four people left. They're really scrounging the bath <laughs> the bottom of the barrel here. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes when you're at the merge where they're like, oh, they're trying to show clips of everybody, but really everything's coming up short and I'm not getting anything from anyone. There's some standouts, but... Yeah. yeah. What is the perfect amount of contestants left in the game for you to be like, okay, I got a good chunk from everyone. The narrative was a great through line, and I the content was mm, peak. Depends on who you have, which I know is a bit of a cop out. Sure, but it, it's I'd say it's between eight and five. Okay, because if you have if you have eight Sarahs mm -hmm. or even three Sarahs, then you need to have more towards that eight side. If you have five Boston Robs, you need that number to be pretty low. <laughs> I think and this is why I pose this, is seven or six is yeah. perfect for me. Because let's be honest, if Tammy had been a more uh, loud personality, I like Tammy. Mm -hmm. I think Tammy is a, a good character that kind of just got the short end of the stick. Yeah. If she had been Boston Rob or Lex or, hell, even Lindsay from last season, much <laughs> louder, like that last episode probably would have had a lot more content yeah. than it did. Yeah, fair. The reason I make this argument is because Modern Survivor, you get to five, and the last episode, whether it be two hours, three hours, they show all of it at five. Mm, mm -hmm. so they, they have to chunk multiple votes into a single episode. Whether that be a little bit here, a little bit there, they, they do give and take a little bit because the final tribal takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But at this time, they're not doing that. And we're going to get to a point where it's going to be, ooh, let's, uh, let's speed this along a little bit. I love what streaming services are doing now with shows that are not on cable. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, the episode, first episode's 46 minutes. Second episode's an hour and three minutes. Third episode is 52 minutes. Like, fuck you, it's going to take the time it takes. So I can't do that because it's on network TV. Correct. But, man, would I love it if it was just however long it was and one vote per episode yeah like i mean sure you can do final three into final but like it feels like the people that get voted out in an episode and then the episode continues kind of get robbed yeah it sucks <laughs> it's gonna continue to suck streaming services have done reality TV a service with doing that, mm -hmm. with putting in as much content as there is available and not trying to shove more or steal a bunch out of it. Yeah. However, Netflix is a particular villain in this scenario. Shocking. Where they do this thing, and it's the circle that started it, where if someone is voted out or if, if the big climactic moment happens... They have to not stop there. They have to keep mm. going until what you would deem as halfway through another episode and then end the episode there. I hate that. I, I hate don't that mind it. so much. I don't mind it. I like a little bit of suspense. No. It I, wouldn't work for a survivor format. I would hate that. But I, with your fiance, watch Love is Blind and Ultimatum and all these garbage shows. And I love when they do that. That is the equivalent of voting someone out. Watching them go, everyone going back to camp, getting to the reward challenge, Jeff being like, everyone, look at this, and then the episode cuts to black. It would drive me nuts. Oh, I, it makes me so happy. I hate it. I need something to keep me interested. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna go on with the episode. We're a half an hour in. That's okay. No, that was, that's a, that, this all was about this episode for the most part. This was, to tie it all back together with a bow, this episode feels the most like a Survivor episode so far. Yeah. 
love it. It I still think the episode with Boss and Rob front stabbing Hunter was my favorite. <laughs> but this is pretty close. Alright. Like you said, we start with a black and white noir film vibe. I couldn't tell if it was in the dark. It was. And they were just using like night cams. Yeah. It was very I think it was very, very early morning, because Kathy's up and around, but she's moving around like it's dark. Yeah. Everyone's depleted. We the she same is. thing we see all the time is people are missing people. We're setting up for the reward challenge here. Yep. It's getting old. Pascal's like, hey, you're spending 900 plus hours with these people. I did the math. And I don't spend 900 plus hours with anybody. You don't do it with even your best of friends. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good point. It actually made me think about, do these people have PTSD when they leave? <laughs> like, if you've been there for long enough, like, do you, are you able to integrate back into society <laughs> right away? Especially with people that you haven't seen that you've of course missed but then mm -hmm. like these people you've spent a month with 24 7 trauma bonding yeah and they're just gone that's just me working on a cruise ship during a pandemic okay <laughs> Ooh, i'm steven i get to work on a cruise ship i did it was great i had a good time <laughs> uh, i'm just bullying you today it's fine whatever <laughs> mouths are burning from tarot root and then we never talk about this again. I wanted to know so much more. We never talk about this again. Kathy's People, looking for blisters. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Did they just get a bad one? Is there a medical problem if you eat too much tarot? Did Rob, like, line it with glass? The fact that all three of them hit it at the same point makes me think, like, this was a bad one. And something, they either cooked it wrong or, like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Seems seems wildly out there, and then we never address it again. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. Don't think about it. It's fine. Igor then has a moment of, all right, everyone's thinking about home. Everyone's thinking about being done with this, but I gotta focus on this game. Cue a distraction. Reward challenge. Jeff's like, hey, good to see you all. Here's a nice puzzle thing that we got going on here. What would you do? If I said you could call your loved ones right now on this here cell phone that I'm holding up in my hand, psych, you're not doing that, you dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. And then, like, there's no suspense. He just kind of like, come on in, and people start walking in, and you're like, oh, what? And this felt like the most Jeff, like, Jeff has been becoming more and more Jeff, and I've commented on that a few times, but like, this challenge from start to end has the full Jeff swagger, the messing with them about, like, oh, you're making a phone call. No, you're not. Bring him in. Yeah. And like, oh, it's so good. Peak Jeff-titude. We yes. hit it. <laughs> it's the family. It's the family member reward. So challenge. I was right, kind of. It's the first time that we've done this, though, where they're there in person. Yeah. Before we've done the... You, you play internet chat room games. You answer questions that they answered on... A satellite uh, phone as well. Oh, on a satellite Season one. Oh, well, yeah, you get to call home on a satellite yeah, phone. Yeah, 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 sorry. Other one where you get, they recorded pre-taped questions and oh you have God, to answer right. that. This is the first time that they're there in person getting to enjoy this. Unless you're Sean's dad from season one and then you got to drive the boat That's and true. be there. For <laughs> the captain of the boat, Sean's dad. I will, that is my favorite Survivor trivia ever. How they stumbled ass-backwards into a great Survivor trope by just having Sean's dad be the captain of the boat. It's amazing. Probably because they didn't want to pay somebody. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, let's get a... Oh, Sean's dad's a captain. Let's bring Sean's dad in. Perfect. Oh, he won the challenge? Oh, that worked out really well. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Anyway, they're playing a game that they've kind of played before. It's a hexagon puzzle box out game. So you start on a hexagon, you step in any direction, flip over the one that you were on. You can't go back on the ones that have already been stepped on, but once you have, have been boxed in completely, you're done. If you can't move, you're out. However- This is just a much, much better version of this season one game. Exactly. It's, although I'm gonna go through the small improvements very quickly. Okay. Hexagonal, so that you don't, run into awkward situations of people jumping corners. Yep. Adding in the don't move spaces, that didn't end up doing anything. And the mystery space. Yeah. Hidden in there. 
and then having it be a circular board instead of a square board. Mm-hmm. All of that just gives you so much more to work with. Yep. The big twist, though, to this one is that the contestants weren't playing, the loved ones were playing <laughs> this game. I love it when the loved ones play. Me too. Because it, it suddenly takes this thing where, like, oh, I've been building up my, my game skills, I'm ready to go here, I'm forming a strategy, oh, no, wait, this person who has no connection to this game is going to play for me. My favorite part is it was so obvious they did not tell the family members this. Yeah. None of them were prepared. No. None of that. They all looked like they were being held at gunpoint <laughs> when they were standing up there. Did they even tell them they were going to be on TV? Like, they had to, but, like, none of them were prepared for it. They had to sign the waivers. They were there. Yeah, but they, I don't think any of them... They all looked like they were like, oh, oh, that's a camera. Okay. All right. What do you think of the wild card? The When you flip it over... You have to get rid of someone, vote them off the game. That made more sense if the contestants were playing. Yes. You're telling these people's families, hey, you might have, you've had some small talk with the rest of these people. Now fuck one of them over right yeah. now. Stab one of them in the mouth. It's trying to create TV drama where there isn't any. I also think it, it was a victim of who got it when, yeah. though. If it had been... At a point when there was, it was a little bit closer, if the person who got it wasn't so close to being eliminated, yeah, it could have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, here's the reason why that was so... It didn't work. Everyone tried to dash to the middle, and that's where they, they put it in, like, one of the middle squares, which, of course, they did. I was thinking that as soon as they did it, mm-hmm. and I didn't remember where it was, but... That makes the most sense. If I was designing a game, I would probably put it there. You'd, I mean, for fairness sake, you have to put it somewhere near the middle. Correct. You don't want to put it, like, directly next to one of the contestants. Yeah. Vote someone off. First step. <laughs> you gone. <laughs> I, uh. The strategy here I would employ would be basically just carve out a barrier of the biggest chunk you can and then Correct. just stay in there. Yep. It's the way to do it. Don't just dash to the middle. Yeah. Your biggest fault in that is if you have someone who is smart and sees what you're doing and undercuts you. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. Anyway, this happens. We we see the game play out. Some people are pretty good at it. Most are not. Pascal's wife gets out first. They get a hug and a makeout session, which is nice. It goes on a little longer than I... Also, looking at Pascal's wife, I was like, how old are you, Pascal? Because I can't tell if you if your wife is just like 10, 15, 20 years younger than you, which, fine. Mm-hmm. Or if you just look older than time itself because <laughs> of your time on, on the island. I want to say it's toward the latter. I, I would have guessed that she was in her late 40s, early 50s. I'm so bad at guessing ages, man. I thought she, I was like, yeah, she's probably like 40. No, she was older than that. All right, well. But I don't know. The Ooh. reoccurring bit that Jared doesn't know ages, it's fine. Yeah. Sean's buddy gets all the way to the middle, then gets the square, and seeing as only one person is out, he has the pick of who he wants out. And seeing this of like, well, I don't have anyone that I have any ill feelings toward. Or anyway that benefits me strategically yeah. as I'm I'm done next move. I'm out. And Jeff's like, no, no, no. You have to vote someone out. It's part of the game, baby. And so he's like, I don't know. I'm going to spin around with my eyes closed, throw my hat, and whoever is closest to the hat is voted out. Fine. And, but he gets the worst case scenario for Sean. He yeah. throws it at Vesepia's husband. That sucks. Yep. And Vesepia's husband was in prime position to win that game. Yeah, he was. He had a really nice square carved out. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, I mean... I wasn't going to sit there and do the math to see no, if he no, actually no. would have won, but he looked like he would have won. Well, and they tell them that they, can com- they can't communicate verbally, but they can non-verbally, which mm-hmm. is a weird distinction to draw. Yeah. Either communi- let them communicate or not. Don't make them play charades, which nobody does anyway. So, yeah. okay. But I kind of wish Sean had been like, hey... Like, point at someone and be like, get, you're in no, that guy. He tries to make it. Like, the... Oh, Sh- does he? Sean's... I, I thought Sean put up his hands and was like, no, 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 I'm not picking. Yeah, exactly. Sean's, Sean's brother was like, what do I do? And Sean's like, no, 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 don't put this on me, dude. Like, I'm not going to be the one to make this decision. Which, strategically, is probably smart. It is so smart. Sean is a smart player. It's true. <laughs> so, yes. Sean gets out V's husband. Emotional moment. 
Sean and V are like very much feeling it. Sean's buddy then next turn gets out. <laughs> tell tell my mom's uh, don't forget about me. It was it was really cute. Nolia's mom out next. Nolia gives a strand of her dress to her mom. It's kind of cute. Sure. The the dress from the kite. The kite dress, yeah. Yeah. And then we're down to two. A super close ending between yeah. Igor's sister and Kathy's son. And a, a a one turn, so whoever went first was out next, and it was Igor's sister. So Kathy's son wins! Kathy! And the <laughs> challenge beast not even doing anything. That's true. Kathy's 100 to 0 on every challenge. Either she's gonna fuck it up for everybody, or she's gonna win. <laughs> I, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> she either dooms her team in team challenges or and fucks herself over in individual ones or she wins <laughs> it all. What is the reward, you might ask, Stephen? What does Kathy's son win? Hell. He gets to be an honorary <laughs> tribe mate. He gets to suffer. <laughs> they're like, hey, yeah, in like a day visit, I get, but they're like, no, nah, you're going to sleep there too, little bitch boy. I... <laughs> I like it. I, li I like it too, but he, he did not. No. I like the overnight stay. He was clearly not prepared for this. No! He he says it himself. He says, I am a preppy boy from the East Coast. I don't like getting dirty. I don't like being out here. I like my couch and my TV. Yeah. I, 24 hours? I, I don't want to be here another 24 hours. No. At, the, at the end of his time, he's like, no, I'm out. He straight up says... He's like, well, I, you know, I'd love to stay. Actually, that's not true. I, I would really like to go. I do not. <laughs> this happens. He wins. Weird that they didn't really explain it that well pre-challenge. I don't know yeah. if they did, but... I didn't catch it either, so I, probably not. I was not. like, are, he's coming, right? Like, he's coming to camp. He gets a buff, though. That's pretty cool. Which is a distinction that like, I don't remember anyone else ever getting a buff from mm. the family challenge. That's pretty cool. It probably has happened. I don't remember it weird that they're like because when he says it he's like you are now a, a member of Soliante. I was like is he gonna get to play the game now? does he get to vote jeez <laughs> like, i know that's not true a twist. that would be a game balance problem oh yeah freshly rested coming in on day 25 yeah. or no no sorry 31 yeah that's some circle bullshit right there oh god <laughs> and this poor this poor man he did not want to be there with all the stuff we talked about but also like he does not want to be on camera no nothing about that man his posture his tone his attitude says i am comfortable being filmed at this moment <laughs> he is sadly roped into this by his mom who is super excited about being yeah. on camera and being in the wilderness which might be an insight that could be a little bit of a reflection in how his childhood was too that makes sense no son go play soccer i, I don't want to no it'd be so good it's gonna be great for it's you be great come on come on son <laughs> Anyway, first 10 minutes of bringing him toward camp, Kathy does not stop talking. At all. Like, it's just Kathy, Kathy, Kathy all the time. We don't have rap music out here. You're, it's, it's different from anything you're used to. Like, I get it, Mom. You're, you're literally camp. You're in the wilderness. I get it. Like, yeah, please. I now remember the Kathy I used to hate. <laughs> <laughs> but then we put him through the paces. We make him crush the troca. Which, <laughs> I wrote down this quote because it's so awesome. The key is, the key is to do whatever you want. Great advice, Kathy. Uh -huh. Great advice on how to crush open shells. Uh -huh. Fantastic work. But also, the great moment was when he like, he picks up a really big heavy rock. And they're like, yeah, just uh, raise it up to about your stomach height and then smash it. And then he just like drops it and Igor comes in from the background yeah, you might want to hold on to that. <laughs> like, jeez. All right. He followed instructions. If you're going to be specific about it, be more specific in your instructions. <laughs> Side note, V says my husband was looking so scrumptious. This is when Michaela pokes their head in and is like, hey, did, did, did she just say he's so scrumptious? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. They're they're married. V uh it's it's ordained in the eyes of the Lord to V. They're good to go. <laughs> he can do it. Mm -mm. Thank the Jesus. <laughs> and then we get into a weird mo like Kathy's off doing things with her son and everybody else is having a reflection moment of this game has changed me. I can't go back to the real world. I can't 
<laughs> Everything I take for granted is like, I have to eat the ends of the bread now. Yeah. I'm going back to my eat the rich statement from last episode. Go like on. the key to, this is the appreciation episode of like, oh, I need to appreciate the things I have. And that is true. There is value uh, to be found in that. Uh-huh. Also, you, you don't need to live like a crazy person. You need to eat the rich. <laughs> and then there will be more for everyone. But Jared, by playing this game, one of them then becomes the rich. Kind of. It becomes the moderately rich. Yeah, well, I'm not talking... Listen, I'm not talking about somebody with a million dollars. Fair. No, no, no. <laughs> We're talking about, like, guys who fund, who fund SpaceX in 2002. That kind of... Those kind of people. Guys who got rich off of uh, blood diamonds yeah. and uh, genocide and apartheid. I, I will crush metaphorically and rhetorically uh, his bones into blood diamonds. Not literally. This is not actionable. The Survivor Trading Back Time podcast does not support murder. <laughs> Weird that I have to say that, but here we are. <laughs> anyway, that's happening. Pascal is super emotional. A lot of Pascal confessionals. Yeah. The last couple episodes. Yeah. But also, he is long-winded and an eloquent speaker. So that makes sense. He's a judge. Yep. It's his job. Yep. <laughs> Somebody said that they're crazy. They're like, I'm not crazy. I wrote this down. That only a crazy person says they're not crazy. Which I think it was Kathy. I'm not racist, but... <laughs> Anything you say before the but doesn't count. I'm not crazy, but I definitely ate these three people. Just their toes, though. It was fine. She wanted to get into what Survivor thinks the culture of the islands was. <laughs> anyway, we then have an aside between Kathy and her son. Essentially looking for game advice. Which, I like this. I like this, too. I think this is a great moment. Unfortunately, Kathy's son is a little bitch. <laughs> he doesn't want to take a stand. He doesn't want to pick a way to go forward for Kathy. I, which well, Kathy... No, he he kind of does. He tries to talk her out of it. He's like, I don't really like who this game's making you become, Mom. Fuck off! It's a game! It is a game. It's a game! Everyone, everyone knows the rules. Yeah. Like... This, this is, is season four. This is season four. Power, I mean, he isn't, the son doesn't necessarily know this, but like, power has switched hands so many times. Mm-hmm. Kathy is right in everything she says. She's Absolutely. like, Pascal and Nalia are going to understand if we get rid of one of them because of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, they know it's not because we don't like them. That's part of the advantage of this season being a very kumbaya season. Yeah. Is that it forced them to kind of think of the game. Because they, well, Boss and Rob also made them think of the game. But they had so few people they wanted to get rid of just because they didn't like them. Correct. So they had to think about other reasons of why they would get rid of them. Maniacal. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, they, Kathy really kind of goes to bat and lays it all out and says, yeah. I should go with Igor because if I at least keep him safe in this one, I have options going forward. And then she chooses not to. Yeah. And then she backs down entirely, and I want to blame the son for this, because she was revved up and ready to go. I agree. It, it pisses me off. And, like, Nalia's gotta go. Nalia's gotta fucking go, man. <laughs> if you're if you're in one of their shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, you know what? I was gonna say I think Nalia would win if she gets to the final two, but I actually don't know that that's true. We've had too many people now that have called her out on thinking that she's fake. I don't necessarily agree with them, but they're the ones casting the votes and not me. Sure. I don't know, man. Interesting. Anyway, we have one last moment with the sun. They're sitting around a fire talking about what your favorite dessert is. Did he first say his favorite food was canned milk? Don't think so. I I didn't have subtitles on. I'm pretty sure that... I thought it was cheeseburgers. No, before cheeseburgers. He says... He answers something and there's an awkward pause. And then he says, and I really like cheeseburgers. I... If you caught that right in, right in. I... I feel like we can go look at this after this. But we will, but are you going to edit it in later? No. <laughs> no. Go look for yourselves. Did he say canned milk? I really don't think he did. <laughs> anyway, they then asked him what his favorite dessert is. He's like, tumbleweed. And everyone's like, the fuck is that? What are you talking about? He's like, it's a bed of strawberries, a, a ball of ice cream rolled in coconut. And everyone goes, no, not the coconut. You ruined it. <laughs> Dude, read the room. They've been eating coconut for a, a month. <laughs> and then Patrick sleeps terribly. 
It's like I, I can't I can't be here, man. I gotta I gotta leave. I gotta go. <laughs> Any post Patrick leaving and pre immunity challenge stuff you want to talk about? This is kind of where they pile on Nalia. Yeah, I mean, how many fucking lives does Nalia have? She keeps scraping by by the skin of her teeth. Uh, no, not really. All right. Just we can just jump to the challenge. Yeah, Sean goes in on Nalia, and that's the part I want to highlight is that Igor sees this as an opening. Because Nalia is clearly grating on people. Mm-hmm. And he's we hear it from his mouth first. Like, Sean and B are not in on Nalia. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I believe that. And then they cut the next scene to <laughs> Sean going in on Nalia. I'm like, well, okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah. I also did note, and this is an even bigger reason why this was such a stupid move for Kathy not to do this. Mm-hmm. Monday morning quarterbacking and projecting forward. But sure. Igor values Pascal over Sean. So you could possibly break up both groups of two in the next two votes. Uh-huh. Because Igor doesn't want to get rid of Vesepia uh-huh. or Pascal. So why are you keeping them both intact? Don't look at me. Yeah. I didn't make the votes. Yep. Anyway, immunity challenge. We have one of the best and worst designed immunity challenges. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I did not realize, and I don't know if the contestants realized, that it was one big thing of sand behind there. It is. I thought it was individual pockets of sand. Nope. And I did not know that. I suspected it when they hit the bottom one and it flooded somebody's right away. But I was still like, oh, that's just the one that's worth the most. And then somebody cracked the top one later and nothing came out. And I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Let me describe this challenge. It's a slingshot challenge where you are lined up against a wall of what looks like hourglasses with ceramic panels on them. The ceramic panels get smaller as you go down, but at the top is a basin of sand. And when you hit these ceramic tiles, then the sand can leak out. And all it has to do is cover a tiki at the bottom, and that person is out. What Jeff didn't really explain, and what Jared did, is that it's just gravity. Yeah. <laughs> is if you hit the, the one at the bottom, which was the smallest, but still, probably should have been smaller. Yeah. It's, that's it. That's all the sand. Everything's coming out of that, that hole. Aim, aim at the small one. Ugh. Crazy. I feel like there should have been a better way to do this. This, again, feels like the victim of shit kind of being thrown together. This Possibly. Does, this one also just doesn't feel like it's done. Like, it feels like they are combining elements that they had mm-hmm. and didn't get to finish a complete challenge. I love the frame of it. Yeah. But it's kind of lazy. I think... I, I don't mind it. I think that the, the smallest one should have been smaller. Sure. And it should have been like the, the Hail Mary toss rather than the oh that person hit it the second shot of the game yeah i don't like the idea of someone being out in a single shot Same. but that's just me anyway we, we we do the challenge and first three or er, first two people out no first three people out are all the dudes yep pascal is hit he he's the one that gets hit with the the single shot and he's out sean gets out and then igor is out which, okay, cool. Girl power. Here uh-huh. for that. Fine. Hey, Kathy. Uh-huh. If you're considering going between Igor and Nalia, uh-huh. why the fuck are you targeting not Nalia? And she, even in this, when there's the three girls left, she still targets V. <laughs> Ka- Kathy confuses me so much. Yeah. Maybe she's so worried about tipping her hand. From from what we've seen so far this season, challenges tip your hand. Okay, yeah, if you're that... But, like, when you're down to three people, mm-hmm. you can easily target Nalia and yeah. it not be weird. The other part of this challenge that is interesting is you were rotating on where you shot from. That's true. You were always standing in front of someone's. However, when you got down to only a few people, they didn't change where the spots were, so you could be standing in front of open spots, yeah. which had some awful angles for some of these people that is true and when you think about it though that means the people in the middle were at a severe disadvantage because they were always being able to be shot at wait a minute you're right yeah 
Because there wasn't a, a spot beyond where the last person was. No, you went back to the other side. Yeah, we went back to the other side. Huh. Person in the if you got drawn into the middle, you're fucked immediately. Wow. Yeah. You're right, because Pascal was in the middle. Correct. Wow. <laughs> Again, a problem. <laughs> anyway. We get down to the final two. Vesepia versus Nalia. Vesepia wins by the skin of her teeth. I was so happy for her. She was very happy when we had the line, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, oh yeah. She got selected in the fighting game. <laughs> and then Igor, on our <sighs> back at camp, Igor's like, I will not plead. I will not beg. Which, um, fine. Fine. Will not plead? Okay. Will not beg? Okay. And I'm not going to talk to anyone. Yeah. Hey, do you know what this game is? <sighs> it's a social game. Yeah. And then he says, he basically says, maybe the real million dollars was the friends I made along the way. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Okay. He has his opportunity to really, like, make a play. And Kathy was so open to it. So he, honestly, if I think he went up to Kathy and was like, hey, we should do something. I think she would have been on board. The second time this season that if Igor and previously uh, Tammy had just tried to do something it might have worked or they well this time he straight up tells us he's not going to try to do anything yeah but it might have worked the other one maybe they did and we didn't see but come on why are you fucking here anyway we're pissed everything we're pissed and then i want to put out one more igor thing that made me mad sure we're at tribal council and jeff was also really on at this tribal council Uh these were great questions and the contestants were too. To the lot. point that I wrote down most of it. So yeah. yeah, go on. Did you catch what Igor says when he when Jeff asks him what his first impression of Vesepia was? Or what his new impression of Vesepia was? I wrote down that she's a player, but go, go on. Close. Playa. Did, oh, did he say that? Oh, yeah. Did he really? And that's how it hit my ear. And he also has a thick Queen's dialect, but I was like... There's just some things about Igor that have made me curious about his interactions with Sean and Vesepia over the yeah. last few episodes. Like, how he is like, oh, no, no, we can get rid of Nalia, but we need to get rid of Sean before Pascal. And then there's some personal beef there and all of that. But just these little things that keep adding up where I'm like, okay, Igor. Yeah. Okay. I see you. I, <laughs> I see, see you, not good you. I see a little. I see some cracks in there. Yeah. Uh, but really, the theme of this tribal council is... The, we've all evolved beyond just being people. We're this is a game. We're yeah. all playing hard, and even if we came in as the innocent people doing nothing, like we're all playing hard. Even the people that you're like, hey, this person is just getting by by being nice. They're playing the game. And Kathy puts her fingers in her ears and goes, la 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 la. No. No. <laughs> we all do this. Nalia shoots herself in the foot. Nalia says, I wasn't seen as a threat, and then says, I, so I spoke up, and now I'm playing to win. And everyone's like, eh, let's not vote her out. Nalia's out here, just, she's switched from a handgun. She's now shooting a fully automatic assault rifle into her own foot. There's no more foot left. <laughs> it's just a bloody stump, and everyone's like, ah, here's a new pair of shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. If Nalia wins this game, I'd be so mad. <laughs> like, I don't think she's playing a bad game, but, like... How many fucking times can you be put on the chopping block would, and nobody pull the trigger? Would that drive you nuts if in one of the most cutthroat seasons we've seen so far... The nicest person the won. The nicest person wins. <laughs> Probably. The person who doesn't pull anything? No, I'm, I'm getting... Oh, well, yes, it would. Um, I'm getting a little nervous. Or not nervous, but I'm getting... I'm wondering if it might be Pascal instead of Kathy. But we'll see. We'll see. Won't we? So... We don't see any votes in this pre while they're voting. Yeah. So you're like, ooh, what could happen? What could happen? It's a clean sweep on Rob. Yeah. Everyone voted Rob. It was a five to one. Yep. And Rob voted Sean. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, why? Why? It seems like the worst move that you could have made. But here we are, throwing his personal bias. When in doubt, he votes for a black member of his tribe. <sighs> uh... For no reason. Vesepia last episode. Uh... Sean this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Rob doesn't come back. No, of course not. Rob's gone. Uh, how do you think Rob does in future Survivor? Awful. The worst trait you can have on Survivor, in my opinion, is stubbornness. Mm. Rob is stubborn and tries to pretend it's like a dignity and honor thing. Like, no, fuck you, dude. Like, it's not. It's just not. Like, if you had dignity and honor, you wouldn't have thrown a hissy fit about the wood that you cut that you were going to burn all of it the day before you left. 
you wouldn't have tried to do a gambit to catch a pig to try to keep you around. Like, you played, and then when you were worried that you were going to lose, you stopped playing. And then you thought you might not lose again, so you tried to play again. And those people are seen through so easily in newer seasons. And, yeah, I don't think he... He might, he might make the merge just off of being decent at the challenges, but I don't even think that would save him. I think he's a pre-merge vote. Sorry, I was also looking at the where he was now, mm. and this really caught my eye. It's so funny. In the quarantine questionnaire that he filled out, he talks about his luxury item, which was a voodoo doll, if you remember that. That's right. Where he was like, that was his third on the list of things that he could have brought. His first was a Jets football. Okay. Second was a magnifying glass. Third was a tourist voodoo doll off of his bookshelf. He was like, I don't know, just this. Okay. Anyway, they picked the voodoo doll. After about a week into the game, it disappeared. Oh! <laughs> he didn't make a big fuss about it, so they didn't follow that storyline. But it was within the last week of the game that it reappeared in his belongings. Or next to his belongings. Like the last week he was there? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, Nalia and some of the other Bible thumpers took it and hid it because it creeped them out. <laughs> Wish I knew it bothered them. I would have kept an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. That's it's funny. I it's, love that. It, it's really funny. You never com hear me complain about the way I was edited. You sign a contract. You make that deal. Show does whatever they want. The outcome is the outcome. How you get there is the story is owned by them. I mean, the, what he's saying right there is pretty much what we saw on the show. So, yeah, yeah it sounds like he's edited pretty truthfully. Yeah. It, it seems like it, he, he's just a blue-collar guy, and he just goes about <laughs> his life and does whatever. I don't know. Do you still talk or email anyone from your season? I have to say, no one. Doesn't talk to anyone. Wow! That's crazy. Outside of maybe some likes, loves, and laughs on Facebook, that's pretty much the gist of it. Wow. Everyone has life going on and priorities constantly change. He's, he makes me sad. <laughs> he makes me sad. He makes me a little sad. <laughs> I guess if there was one change I could make to Survivor, it would be to return to the core and essentially uh, the essential aspects that made the show revolutionary and groundbreaking. I understand that there is a natural evolution to everything, even a game show. You don't need to jump the shark all the time. So this would mean no recruiting. Go with applicants, those who are interested in the game, and not airtime and drama. That's fair. I get that. I thought he was going to say no, like, twists, yeah. no I also thought that's where idols. that was going. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I like applicants more than I like what reality TV does right now, where they're like, this person has a bunch of followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's who we want to go with. They, they bring the audience with them. That yeah. I don't like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, well. Who's your protagonist of the episode? My protagonist of the episode is Kathy. Ooh. She doesn't... It, it's kind of similar to last episode where it's like... Well, I don't remember who it was last episode, but like you didn't pull the trigger and you should have, but it might have been Kathy. I don't remember. No, it wasn't. It was Sean. Mm. Yeah. No, like you didn't pull the trigger and you should have, in my opinion, but... She won the reward, which was a pretty big part of the episode. Something else, side note, I liked about this episode. Really good, like, camp life in the beginning, and then really good game towards the end. Towards and, and some intermingling between the two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, won the reward, and that became pretty integral to the episode. Uh, we got some good, like, camp life stuff from her, but also a lot of strategy. She was the only one. Her and uh, Igor were the only two, really, navigating what they wanted to do. Yeah. All right, then. I also think, thinking back on that, since Sean wasn't really in on Nalia, I wonder how much he liked Igor or not. <laughs> I mean, with what we've seen from Igor, I can't imagine all that much. I wouldn't like Igor. <laughs> all right. Let's end the episode. Bumper! Uh -huh. uh -huh. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you guys for hanging with us. We're closing in on the end of this of this season. And, and the episode. And the episode. Well, yeah, we are closing in on the end of the episode. I, in like two minutes. So right. take that for what you will. Jared, what would you like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote getting tattoos. They're cool. Art is good. Get art tattoos. Art is good. I don't want a tattoo. In At the current frame in my lifetime, I don't want a tattoo. I'm going to get a Disco Elysium tattoo tomorrow. Ooh. Did you finish the game? Yeah.
Did you? Okay, good. Of course I did. I don't know. I didn't think... That you... I had to take a long break because of Midsummer Night's Dream. Sure. Because uh, Disco Elysium's not the kind of game you can sit down and play for like half an hour at a time. No. It, it will take up multiple hours. So I just finished it last night, actually. Uh, or maybe two nights ago. And yeah, it's it's so good. I'm getting the Inland Empire, which is one of the stats, uh, art on my arm. Okay. Nice. Alright. I'm going to promote... Going to the restroom, because I've been holding it in this entire episode. That's why you've been dancing. Yeah. For my co-host, Darren, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. We're not a live show. I gotta pee. We're, we're not a live show.